This week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast is brought to you by ArtBase. Are you managing a major art collection but still using something like Excel? Isn't it time to bring your collection management skills up to a professional level? Well, ArtBase is the right software to manage your art collection. ArtBase allows you to track your artworks in an easy-to-use, powerful database. Enter your data once, and then you can use that data to generate professional insurance value reports, loan forms, shipping forms, and so much more. They've got a brand new version coming out this month with a fresh new look. So go to artbase.com to learn more or to schedule a demo, and be sure to mention Art Tactic for a 15% discount off the entry fee. That's artbase.com, A-R-T-B-A-S-E.com. Thanks for listening to the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm Adam Green. Here at Art Tactic, we're delighted to be working again with TAFAF and authoring the new edition of the TAFAF Art Market Report, focused on art patronage in the 21st century. The report details recent innovations and trends in art philanthropy, and you can download it for free at amr.tfaf.com. That's amr.tefaf.com. In this week's episode, we're here with Anders Peterson, founder of Art Tactic. Anders is kind enough to join us to chat about the report, so we hope you enjoy the episode. Anders, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Of course. So TAFAF's annual art market report focuses on a different aspect of the art world each year. This year, the recently released report focuses on philanthropy and patronage of the arts. Why this topic? Um, Adam, I think one of the things that each year, as you say, uh, TAFAF chooses different topics. And I think you know it's partly to find topics that is relevant to the art world. And I think probably more than ever, we um it's 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 good to look into probably a part of the art world or the art sector which is well we know it's there but not necessarily looked at in in very great detail and i and that's patronage and and the support of the arts team and much of it is is in the non-commercial aspect so on one hand we've seen kind of almost like a kind of detachment uh, of the commercial market uh, where we have transactions in the multi-millions and we have you know a global market in the above 60 billion and and, and so forth but uh, often as I think the question is is how much of these multi-million transactions actually trickle down to the uh, to the broader art sector and and I think in today's market uh, probably more than ever I think it's important to to start to look a little bit at the the non-for-profit aspect of the market, all all um, all the initiatives that actually is taking uh, place with regards to supporting artists and artistic practice and non-for-profit initiatives and museums and institutions, and particularly I guess individuals and and uh, corporations and public-private sector that works to uh, to support this. Um, so when we started this report, it was really to try to better understand. I guess first of all, what what does art patronage mean in the 21st century? Um, how is the the role of the patron? What does it mean today? Maybe you know compared to what it meant in the past. And I think uh, looking at people's motivations for supporting the arts, and we 
we didn't make a distinction between you know a patron who was giving a multi-million dollar donation to a museum or built its own uh, institution versus someone who you know gave a five dollar um, uh, donation to a kickstarter campaign i think ultimately we wanted to try to understand why people support art in the first place um so this journey that we sent or started set out to do was uh, i think was to try to explore how patronage or what patronage um, meant in in different contexts and also how that varied from kind of region to region so i i, I think as i said when we when we started it it wasn't the purpose to try to create a directory of every initiative in the world um, uh, it wasn't neither an i guess a an attempt to try to measure you know the the value of philanthropy in the world because um, when we started to look at the data it was almost impossible to find uh, you know uh, accurate or comparable data sets across uh, different regions different countries it's very hard to actually find was hard to find data on philanthropy it's even harder if you try to look at that on the sub segment of, of um, culture and art so um, it ended up basically as a uh, a study, I think, of, of trying to, first of all, as I said, um, you know, look at why people support and how they support and also look at some of the sort of key trends that we see are shaping art patronage right now and potentially also in the future. Uh, and, th and through examples and contributions, we felt that the best way of trying to communicate how different models are being adopted or what people are doing is actually to talk to the individuals and institutions that are involved in this particular area and um and, and that's really what 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 the report sets out to do and i think it has sort of giving a broad uh view of uh of, of uh, different different initiatives different models different ways of tackling different uh art related uh challenges or issues uh in in different parts of the world as you mentioned, there are different regions that tackle this in different ways. We have this long-standing tradition of private art patronage in the U.S. and Europe with public funding diminishing, while Asia, Africa, the Middle East, Latin America, they've recently adopted various models. So let's start with the U.S. and Europe. How heavily are they dependent on private funding, and how is that usually manifested in the arts? I think um, I mean, the U.S. Is, is, has a long tradition, and I guess that's part of having very little funding from uh, on the state level or government level um, has relied on private funding, you know, almost predominantly for, you know, for, for, for decades. Um, and there is a much more developed um, sector around, uh, you know, philanthropy and art patronage, um, you know, the development sector for museums and fundraising is a very professional one. I think Europe in in, at large has been, you know, uh, a bit more of a mixed funding model, but, um, you know, largely the public sector has been uh, a great supporter of, of, of art and culture. I think that is changing. I mean, since the financial crisis in 2009, um, you know, the, the budgets, public or government budgets towards uh, art and culture has been in decline. Um, and you're starting to see also institutions in Europe moving more towards or relying more towards um, private philanthropy, whether it's cor corporate or individual. So I think the world in general is is um, realizing that maybe the government is not going to uh, be the only supporter of art and culture and that the private sector will need to sort of step in. And I think that's that's now happening 
uh, more so in Europe than it may be in the past. And I think that's that's one of the models that we're looking at is, you know, it's not is the kind of public private ship more uh, sort of collaborative collaborative model between the public and private sector. Um, and I think, you know, we're going to see more of this going going forward as we move into the. Uh, you know, the more kind of, uh, well, developed market or developing markets, art markets, uh, whether it's Asia or Africa or Latin America, you see different, you see different models. I mean, first of all, the infrastructure is very different. Um, and also the models that's being adopted to try to uh, support the art sector is also very different. Uh, a private museum in the United States uh, means something different than, for example, a private museum in, in India, um, where, first of all, there, there is there is a little and, and no, in many cases, a museum culture that hasn't, um, you need to educate audiences uh, around you know, going to museum and having the access to museums. And so the museum model might not be the most appropriate one. And you can achieve maybe more uh, by adopting other things. Like, and there are some, uh, you know, interesting examples of, of um, you know, organizations that provi provides uh, smaller grants to uh, smaller arts organizations to art specific sort of artistic practice. Um, so I think each 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 region is um, is is developing their their model and and is really responding I think to the the maturity of the the art market or the art sector in in, in general. That's very interesting. And you hear about different kinds of foundations or private museums acquiring artworks, and these entities are often outside of the U.S. and Europe. But I think it's an interesting point you raised that a foundation or private museum in the U.S. and Europe are very different than those based outside of these regions. Yeah, definitely. And I think you you can see, for example, in Africa, you see where the artists themselves are stepping in as patrons. You know, they the artists that maybe has seen success you know, domestically or internationally are, you know, putting money back into their, uh, to their, to their region or to their city uh, to support, you know, uh, maybe it's art studios or artist residencies or, or programs. Um, so I think there is, um, yeah, and, and this is something that we see across also the South Asia that, that artists play actually a very, you know, strong and important role in supporting the next generation of, of artists. So, um, and obviously this is out of, of, um, of, of you know, the, these countries are their other priorities. I mean, we, 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 we thinking art and culture in the West, this is something that should be supported and needs to be supported. But if you are in a, another part of the world, there is uh, a long list of other priorities and needs that probably comes first. Um, and, and therefore often what that means is that there's actually, you know, the, the artists and the creators themselves that has to kind of support, uh, support themselves and their colleagues and 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 people of different generations. So I, I think um, I, again there are there's some very interesting models and I, you know these are these are not philanthropy in, as I said earlier and not about the amount of money. It's 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 actually to try to set up something that has longevity and and that can make a significant impact. And you can see that you know sometimes uh, very little money can go a very long way in many of these. Uh, in many of these parts of the world, and I, I it, it's it's um, an incredible amount, I think, of of generosity and and support that exists in the art world that uh, you know that is filtering in 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 different ways and and supporting the art market across the world uh, in in various in, in various through various models. And you explore so many of these models in different continents in the report, so our listeners should definitely check it out. 
And something else you address is the generational component. Millennials have a different perspective when it comes to philanthropy. How is it different than previous generations? I think <clears throat> I think this is the whole thing about the next gen and 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 you know motivations and behavior are 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 different. I, mean, I think there's a commonality between the older generations, whether it's the baby boomers or the Generation X and the millennials. I think you know everyone who's involved in the art world are predominantly there because they are passionate and and, and emotionally involved in in the art. Um, but I think when it comes to how they want to support, I think it's slightly different. I think you know. There might be a generation which uh, felt that you know donating or paying a check to an institution was was sufficient, and I think you know we have a generation coming after us um, or after me at least um, uh, that are I think they want to get more involved. I mean I think there is a sort of a sense that they want to put their support towards something that they feel they can make a difference and make an impact, and I think that. That is something that's kind of coming through not only in this survey, but you can look at other, um, you know, the other research and reports regarding philanthropy in general. There is a change among the next generation in terms of of the the nature of of philanthropy and 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 the kind of causes and how their involvement and engagement um, is, is 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 likely to going to look like. And I think that. Um, that is something that the art world and, and the sector in general will need to start to uh, address, uh, you know, all the way from, you know, patron schemes in museums to membership. Uh, you know, memberships today might mean something for the current generation, but for maybe for the younger generation who are, uh, you know, have plenty of options to engage with the art world in different ways might require a different type of relationships with with institutions. So. I, I think there is. We are standing at a sort of a, a, a watershed moment in general, where the art world, not only uh, you know, the market, is also facing uh, this this sort of pressure or, or, or new dynamic from the next generation. But I think also the space of philanthropy also will need to respond to these uh, these 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 challenges or these changing motivations among that generation. So. Um, and that's uh, you know that's a little bit uh, reflected I think in 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 this sort of space around technology for example where you're starting to see certain platforms for example like Patreon and Kickstarter you know really potentially playing you know a um, uh, filling a gap maybe or or uh, creating a model which allows that generation to support you know all kinds of creative you know output and 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 practice in a in a very different way that maybe the older generation used to do in the past. Absolutely. It's a very fascinating topic, and the report really goes in-depth into all the things that we've discussed. So for our listeners who haven't read it yet, I definitely recommend they do, and they can do so by visiting amr.tefaf.com. The report's available for anyone to download and read for free. Anders, thanks so much for coming on and sharing your insights. Thanks, Adam. Thanks so much for ArtBase for sponsoring this week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast. Are you managing a major art collection, but still using Excel? Isn't it time to bring your collection management skills up to a professional level? Well, ArtBase is the right software to help you out and manage your art collection. ArtBase allows you to track your artworks in an easy-to-use but powerful database. You enter your data once, then you use that data to generate professional insurance value reports, loan forms, shipping forms, and so much more. They have a brand new version coming out this month with a fresh new look, so now is the perfect time to visit artbase.com to learn more and to schedule a demo. And be sure to mention Art Tactic for a 15% discount off the entry fee. 
You can visit artbase.com. That's A-R-T-B-A-S-E.com.